All season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Hey, they weren't going to win them all, right? I mean, we knew that. They weren't going to go 52-0 and here down the stretch. But you you flush it, you move on. We've talked about this over and over again. There's plenty of... Uh, Blame to be spread across this one. The big moment in the fourth. Colin Ray getting off to a slow start. An 8-4 loss to the Pirates. And I don't know about you. I'm Dominic Catronio, by the way. Craig Kishan's going to be with us in just a little bit. But I don't know about you, but I don't know. There was just something about the first five, six innings of this game until the uh, Pirates got those back-to-back homers in the sixth inning. It just it felt different in a good way. It felt like, you know what, the Brewers are going to get this done. They're going to get this done. And they didn't today. And, you know, maybe I'm grasping at straws there. But the fourth inning was as frustrating as it gets, right? Bases loaded, nobody out. It felt like that red series over again here where the Brewers just getting hit after hit after hit but couldn't get the hit that game where they went two for 16 with runners in scoring position but still won the game. It felt like this was going to be like one of those where it's like despite all of that, they were going to win, but the home run ball ended up plaguing Colin Ray today. The Brewers were 3-for-11 with runners in scoring position. That's not really the number. The number is 11 runners left on base tonight. That's the one that the Brewers would love to have back. And, of course, the bases loaded, nobody out situation. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here on the broadcast, this is a stretch for the Brewers that I, I'll I'll wear it, you know. I'll sit here and say, "Hey, can you put a stretch goal and say you can go ten and three against these opponents: the Nationals, the Pirates, and the Rockies, and then following it up with the White Sox, right? Four consecutive series against teams that are out of playoff contention. And, and right now, I, I asked to be ten and three, and that's a stretch goal. I mean, let's be honest. Jeff Cirillo was immediately not a fan of that, but that's that's I'm I'm going to wear it. I don't mind that right now. The Brewers are currently two and three against these teams, meaning they would have to start off a an eight game winning streak for me to be right. It's not saying it's impossible. But just a reminder, as we saw earlier in the year, the Brewers sometimes you just gotta remember there's a big leaguers on the other side. There's rookies trying to prove themselves too, and uh give credit to the Pirates. They came ready to hit against Colin Ray. They attacked and they were all over him, and the home run ball is what's always plagued him this this season and gives up two homers and three walks today, four innings, eight hits, six runs. We'll talk a little bit more about his future later with uh, Craig Kishon when he joins us here once he's finished with his television duties. The fourth inning is really the whole game to me. The fact that the Brewers couldn't get just a run home in that situation was, you know, kind of the... The scene this film performed didn't like the ending sort of feeling. And you're especially frustrated because it was the guys that you exactly wanted up. Weimer, Yelich, and Contreras. Weimer coming in on an eight-game hitting streak. That gets snapped going 0 for 4. Yelich has been Yelich. He's been great this year. He went 2 for 4, and he would have traded either one of those hits to end up being a a hit during that bases loaded situation. We're not going to make this an umpire conversation. That's what we're not going to do. Was the pitch to to Freelick that he was called a strike on the 3-0 high? Absolutely. Was the pitch to Christian Yelich a bit high? Probably. But 
I'm not going to make this all about the The umpire is not the reason the Brewers lost the game tonight. The Brewers are the reason the Brewers lost the game tonight. Not the umpire. So put that away. We're not going to you know, retweet the ump scorecard that comes out on Twitter tomorrow saying, oh my gosh, look at the, look at the run. No, we're not doing that either, okay? And I'll tell you one more thing we're not going to do. We're not going to lose our patience with Willie Adamas. There's going to be urgency here in these final 51 games. Willie is in the slump of all slumps right now. Willie's had a bad year. Willie is still playing great defense at short. Should Willie be the cleanup hitter? I don't think so. Should Willie be the five hitter? Yeah. I think six or seven might be his home here down the stretch until he proves that he should move up. And here's why. We're not going to give up on Willie because he is going to be your everyday shortstop. The defense he brings is worth something. And you have to win with him. The dude led your team. He set a shortstop record. He was second on the team in homers a year ago. And the fact that the two guys the Brewers were relying on for power, Willie and Rowdy, have just not been themselves this year is a big reason why they were only a half game up, a game up really for the majority of the season in this division. And when Rowdy does return, we did get good news on his front today. When Rowdy does return, I wonder how they align things against a right-handed pitcher. You know, Yelich will lead off, Contreras will bat second. Then do you put somebody like... Do you keep Santana there in the three-hole? Is he DHing then? And he put Rowdy batting cleanup, back-to-back lefties. Three of the first four hitters are lefties. But then you got Sal Freelick. Would he bat fifth? That's four of the first five batters lefties. That's not a Brewers thing that they do. That's a question for down the road, but I, this is kind of the the way the Brewers like to set up their lineup. They like to alternate righty, lefty, righty, lefty. I see all the questions on Twitter and on the text line. Why is Willie batting cleanup? Why is Willie batting cleanup? Today's case, I thought, was, hey, Santana, switch hitter, gives you a good at-bat, hit a home run tonight, which was awesome, and you know maybe could give him an opportunity to work a count, get some traffic, and then for Willie, you would hope that he's going to see strikes because teams don't want to see Sal Freelich and his knack for contact behind him. Now, that didn't happen today, but the Brewers, in my opinion, are going to have to get creative with how they use Willie Adamas, but you're not going to punt on him. I also don't want to hear it about some of the negativity I've seen on Twitter about Willie Adamas in his last two months. And remember in 2021... The life he brought to this team. And I tell you what, I'm going to go on a mini rant here. Willie, you may be sick of hearing this, but I don't care. Willie brings a smile on his face every day. In the clubhouse, with his teammates, supporting, with his coaches. He is getting his work in. It's not like he's sitting on his couch and just doing nothing. He's got. He, I've seen him do early work when available just about every day. When it's available. Working out there with Ozzy. Working out there with Connor. Working out there with Nestor. Doing his infield flips with Matt Erickson. Taking ground balls. Hanging out with his teammates. Saying hello to the folks with batting practice passes. The dude has done everything to be a big leaguer. And I think the animosity 
and the frustration of Brewers fans saying, why, 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 Willie, come on, what are you doing, man? It's because they want him to succeed so bad, right? It is so much fun when Willie is having fun because of the rest of the team loosens up. we got to get to the bottom of what's going on with the cheesehead. The cheesehead's gone all of a sudden. We're going to get to the bottom of that tomorrow on Brewers warm-up. But the vibes when it comes to Willie as a teammate and being with his team and with us in the media, he is smiling. He is... You can tell he's grinding through this right now, man. And I just look at what Philly did for Trey Turner today. In case you missed it, Trey Turner's obviously had an awful year. Trey Turner has not been the guy that they thought that they were signing to a massive extension. They've slid him all the way down to the eighth spot in the order. He's having the worst year of his career, hitting two thirty six. I mean, it's very similar stuff to, to what Willie Adamas is going through right now. And don't get me wrong, Trey Turner in Philly, he's been booed, he's been... You know, dragged through the coals, if you will, on local sports talk radio up there. But tonight, Phillies fans gave him a round, a huge standing ovation. Gave him what they called their own brotherly love, and the and the lighter side of things. I, I don't know how hard this would be for Brewers fans to do it for Willie, but man, he is lost at the plate right now. I think a little bit of confidence, a little bit of positivity, could go a long way for him. I'm not saying it's going to fix everything. And look, at this point in the year, you're not going to be able to do much to your batting average with only a month and a half, two months to go. But if you can hang your hat on a better finish at the end of this season and head into the offseason feeling strong, then I think the Brewers, and Willie specifically, will certainly take that heading into a walk year next year, heading into his final year of arbitration. Remember last year, Willie really put the team on his back at the end of the year, that good stretch in like late August, early September, when the team was really struggling after recovering from the Josh Hader trade. The stretch that he was on, I remember like that Mets series when he had four hits in a game, and he, he was going absolutely bonkers. Uh, it, he had that stretch in September. He hit 362 over 15 games, and it's in there. I know it's in there for him. I just want to... Remind folks to be patient for, for a little bit. Uh, Fifth Third Bank is our presenting sponsor all season long here on Brewers Extra Innings with the local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association, member FDIC. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Craig Sean will join us on the other side of this break. Talk more Brewers as they fall 8-4 to four to the Pirates tonight. Stay with us. This is WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. 8-4 the final tonight. I'm Dominic Catronio. Craig Kishan is joining us here on the program now, borrowing him on loan from Valley Sports Wisconsin. Craig, and I know you heard the end of that rant there about Willie Adamas, and I, I was just really inspired by the Trey Turner moment today in Philly. Uh, I This team is going to really need Willie down the stretch. Anything certainly helps, but the, the stretch that he's in right now, man, it just feels... You could see it on his face, even though he doesn't outwardly express it. You can just tell, man, it is eating him alive right now. Yeah, no, it's it's probably wearing him out, to be honest with you. And it's such a mystery, you know, in my opinion, that he was so hot and so good going into the All-Star break. And we all kind of jokingly said 
uh, right before the All-Star break, you know, he's the last guy probably in baseball that wants to take four or five days off. And uh, sure as heck, it, it, it happened. It completely cooled him off. And, you know, the worst part is he's had some, some really tough look at bats here. And unfortunately tonight, you know, I, I heard some boo birds out there, and I can't imagine – uh, that that's going to continue, not if you appreciate what he's bringing. And I also agree with you, Dom, what you said before the break. There is no way he's going to stay in this slump. He's too good. Um, he's been in slumps before. He's gotten out of slumps before. And when he does, he can be really dangerous. And, and yes, he can put the team on his back. I, I don't think that's really happened yet this season for him. Uh, but, you know, there's a moment. There's too much baseball left. There is 51 games to go. And a lot to figure out. So let's talk about tonight's game. And, and Colin Ray, it, it man, some bad luck in that first inning, and you blink, and it's three nothing. And then a lot of loud contact in the second inning, and it just really caught the Brewers and, and Colin Ray on his heels right off the bat. And it, it's kind of funny. I know you were down there earlier today, Craig. We literally asked Craig Council today. I mean, what have you seen in his keys? And it's all been the home run, right? And, he, and Craig Council brought it up himself. When he keeps the ball in the yard, he's successful. And two home runs early immediately put him behind the eight ball. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the the home run is his nemesis. There's no question about that. What you don't want to give up, obviously, and what he gave up earlier with some of those home runs, they were solo shots, and now they've been multi-run um, home runs. So. Three run shot in the first, two run shot in the second inning. They were both with two outs. That's you know those are devastating. But you know the other thing Craig Council brought up too is you don't you don't want to walk guys, and it's becoming a little bit of a trend uh, with some of these starting pitchers, just you know uncharacteristically and maybe for no reason walking guys. Dial it in with two outs. I think that's the biggest thing, and uh, it certainly hurt him in that first inning. A text here. Uh, from Nate in Libertyville. After sending down Miller and Toro, there was almost no matchup flexibility at second, short, and third with four guys to cover three positions. Maybe option Perkins, bring back Toro or Miller. Would be nice to have Toro as a DH option as we shift things over to the offense tonight. And the fourth inning, we'll get to. Don't worry. We will get to that bases-loaded opportunity. But Terang had a human night. Then he was pinch hit for by Andrew Monasterio. And with Brian Anderson back in the fold, I, I think you actually have a little bit of flexibility there that you're trying to get after, Nate, because Monasterio can play second place in a pinch with B.A. being back, I imagine, uh, with a lefty starting tomorrow, Bailey Falter. We might see that alignment with Brian Anderson playing third and Monasterio playing second. Santana's a switch hitter, so he'll play first. I, I think there is a little more flexibility than, than Nate's giving credit for, especially uh, with the current alignment. Well, yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, there's, I mean, look, we, we're we still looking at a team that is, is still heavily relying on rookies, and you just can't expect that to go on for the, the 50 more-plus games that are left in the season. And they acquired some of these veterans to do some big things. And we just talked about, uh, about Willie Adamas, He's got an opportunity yet to come through. So does Brian Anderson. So does Mark Canna. Uh, so does Carlos Santana. Uh, all these guys that have been a little bit quiet here, um, you know, still have a chance to do some things. And, and this is why they were brought here. Now, you can say, well, you got to ride those rookies while they're hot. Well, you do. 
But when they start cooling off a little bit or you see them, you know, get wide-eyed because your first year in the majors is such a learning experience, you know, you got to be careful with that, too, when you still have uh, a team that, that, you know, possesses guys that have been there before and been to the postseason before. This is what you want to do uh, and hopefully ride those veterans down the stretch. I'm not saying you're replacing all the rookies, but it's going to be interesting to see which ones do come through you know, as we get further into August and then September. And looking at the rookie numbers here, would you believe it if I told you? So here are the top four teams that have had the most played appearances from rookies this season. And see if you notice the thread here. In fourth, it's the Brewers. In third, it's the Giants. In second, it's the A's. They're the outlier here. And in first, it's the Reds. Three of those four teams are in playoff contention right now. They are relying on rookies. It can be done, and the Brewers are doing it at this point of the season with a month and a half to go with rookies. They're going to keep having to roll with them because, I mean, Toro's not a rookie anymore, but he's still pretty young. Miller's not a rookie anymore, but he's still pretty young. This mix, like you're talking about, needs to be supported by the veterans. And Yelich has been pulling his weight. Contreras has been pulling his weight, but there have been a few guys that have not. We'll get to the fourth inning in the next segment with our difference-making moment and conversation and, and stuff like that. But as we wrap up the book on, on Colin Ray, Brandon Woodruff is coming back on Sunday, and Wade Miley is already back in the rotation. Now, he is limited, obviously. The Brewers' bullpen is full. They The rosters don't expand for a month until September 1st. There is an option in the contract for Colin Ray. He's already been optioned this year, so he can be optioned again. I feel like the Brewers have no choice but to option him when Brandon Woodruff returns. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that, and and I think you know Craig Council was asked that point blank tonight, uh, and I know you're going to run that here before too long on on your show, but um, it, it, they're they're getting to the point here right now with with a lot of decisions that have to be made and have to be made. You know, not necessarily in a hurry, but they're they're thinking about things, and you got to make you got to make the right decisions. And you know, Colin Ray right now is is was effective earlier this year, and when you got guns coming back like Brandon Woodruff here right now and Wade Miley, um, that that's when you have to take a seat on the back of the bus, you know, and and uh, be a participant sometimes, but not a contributor, and. I would think in in Ray's situation, he'll be back at AAA. Maybe maybe skip a start or two down there and and just get refreshed in case the Brewers really need his arm because his arm's been important in this starting rotation all year. Maybe he's at a point now where where he needs a break. And he's I said this on the pregame with Greg Greg Matzik. Would you believe me if I told you that the Brewers would be in first place on August fourth? with Colin Ray making more starts than Brandon Woodruff and Wade Miley combined on August 4th. He did his job for the Brewers. He kept them competitive. Was he a Cy Young candidate? Of course not. Was he ever supposed to be? Of course not. Some guys, every team needs a fifth starter that they can look to. Hey, you know what? He's going to give us a chance to win today. He's going to go five innings, three runs, six innings, two runs, whatever it may be. That gives you a chance to win, and Colin Ray did that more often than not. And I know tonight stunk, and he took the L, but he did more good than nights like tonight. Yeah, there's, there's no question about that, uh, Dom. And, you know, I, I know the team's appreciative of everything he's done here up to this point, but uh, there, there's going to 
come a pretty serious decision here in the, in the next 24 hours, I'd imagine. So they got Woody ready to go and, and how they're just going to align uh, how far Woody can go in games, how far Miley can go uh, in their starts here that are coming up in the next uh, 10 days or so and, and who they need after that. Do you piggyback? Uh, what do you do? But um, th- they'll get it figured out. That's for sure. And, and uh, I, I would imagine that Ray's going to be needed before this season is up and gives the performances he did uh, earlier this year as well. I, I just like his demeanor. Um, I mean, he had, he had some tough breaks tonight. There's no doubt in those first two innings, uh, six runs easily could have been wiped off the board. So um, sometimes the results look uh, worse than they are, but it's time, I think, uh, for somebody else to step up, and we know who that's going to be on Sunday. We're going to take a long look in the mirror coming up next, talking about runners in scoring position and that bad fourth inning. That's next, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. The player of the game, though, is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org today. Uh, Craig, I I would just say real quick on this one, player of the game, Mark Canna quietly had a three-hit day, three singles. Santana hit his first home home run if we're going to stick it to the Brewer side of things. Uh, but I also tip my cap on the other side, Alfonso Rivas and Brian Reynolds both being one-hit shy of the cycle. It could be any one of those guys uh, on a day that the hitters were, were feeling frisky tonight. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't about the pitching here tonight uh, per se. It was about the offense, and it was that way yesterday with Milwaukee as well. All those choices – Good choices for sure. When guys are doing what they're doing the last couple of nights, uh, you got to tip their cap for sure. Four home runs by the Pirates in this game. Yeah, it, it escalated quickly, as Ron Burgundy would say. Uh, we've got more with Craig. One more segment with him. Stay with us on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Rolling on with the program here at the top of the hour. We'll go to the bottom of the hour here uh, this Friday evening. I'm Dominic Catronio with Craig Kishan still with us here with some late-night Brewers talk. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. One texter uh, here in the 414 after, right before you joined, Craig, I was talking about this is not the umpire's fault tonight. Yes, there was some questionable calls, but it's not all on him. The, the umpire wasn't the reason the Brewers lost, but this texture saying it wasn't just the poor umpiring. It was the timing of the unacceptable missed strikes. Two of those walks, he struck out the player before walking him. If the umpire's doing his job, he's out of that inning. Right or wrong, that rattles a player, and it's difficult to bounce back from. What I say to that, and Craig, I know you agree with this, you're professionals. They're human. People want the human part of the game, and that's what happens in the human part of the game. Robo-umps will be in this league in the next 10 years. There's no doubt in my mind. But they're not yet. And you've nev- you have never played a game where somebody hasn't missed a call or missed a ball, missed a strike. You have- there is no way you have never played a game like that. Flush it and move on. I'm, I'm not having a pity party for anybody if the umpire is having a bad day. No, but it's also frustrating times, and I think that's why we saw Pat Murphy get ejected because he had seen enough, the Brewers bench coach, and especially after that Yelich called strike three uh, in that fourth inning. But, I mean, look, I, I've always felt this way about umpiring. It is, it, is part the, it is part of the game. It's one of the greatest human elements 
of the game. It's the same thing with uh, refing in the NBA. You can only go to the video board so many times. You want to play the game, play it out, uh, and hope both sides get the same calls, I guess, whether they're good or bad. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I think that's where we all are right now. But I understand how fans can be really, really frustrated by this when they they want their team to win. And I think, you know, that's what we saw here tonight. This is the time of year where everybody wants the Brewers to win these games. They gave, they gave a lot of people hope in 24 hours ago uh, when they scored 14 runs. Everyone was waiting for that big offensive outburst. And uh, tonight it was uh, much, much tougher. What do you make of the fourth inning? So to the backtrack, the Pirates scored three on a three-run homer from Rivas in the top of the first, but the Brewers punched right back, scoring two in the bottom of the first. Then Pittsburgh once again, uh, another three runs in the second inning, that time a home run from Davis. But then the Brewers suddenly loaded the bases with nobody out, staying patient against tonight's starter Quinn Priester. And the, the Brewers... And the Willie Adamas at bat's the one that jumps out to me uh, earlier in the game. But the Brewers all of a sudden just had this chance and this golden opportunity, right? You're getting the guys you want up. Weimer, Yelich, Contreras, and you get a pop-out, a strikeout looking on an umpire maybe call that people disagree with. I get that. And then the the weird force-out, ground-out play. I, I That's where... Again, I've said this line before. If I had hair, I'd be pulling it out. And the Brewers, they know it's it's not anything new to them, but is there anything that you saw in those at-bats, Craig, that just being like, man, why does this keep happening? Well, I, I think part of it is, do you want it to happen uh, with that fourth batter when you get the first three on? So you have three on, nobody out. And I think you look at that fourth batter that inning. In the first inning, it was, it was Willie Adamas. In the, in the fourth inning, it was Joey Weimer. Now, there's two completely different batters right there. Willie Damas, you you know, has come through in that situation a million times. He's in a slump. It would be the perfect time for a base hit. Didn't happen. Then Joey Weimer, uh, in that fourth inning, uh, is doing whatever he can to lift that ball in the outfield, and, and he ends up uh, fouling out to the catcher. And then Yelich comes up in the fourth, and you're like, okay, one of the best hitters in the last two-plus months in baseball, all of baseball, and he's put himself together a real professional at that and gets called out on uh, strike three that he thought was uh, a ball, obviously. So I think you look at who's up, and, and in this case, two out of those three times, you had you had some premier players up, and it's just – it's been a struggle for this team for whatever reason when you get a runner at third and nobody out and he is not scoring. It's happened too many times. And and you're right, you hit the nail on the head. It's We all know it. So if we all know it, imagine the guys who are playing the game and going through it. Um, they're, they're well aware that this is happening. And, you know, they just got to continue to fight and, and put really good at-bats together as, as good as they can. And um, it's been it's been just tough for whatever reason. I don't know why. I'm I'm frustrated too watching it. It's it's tough. It doesn't seem that hard, but it is, Tom. Right? 
It always is, and it's always easy from the cheap seats where we sit. But I, I, when you, you bring up the good at-bats, and I think there were times the Brewers got out of their approach today, right? Willie swinging 3-0 in the slump that he's in and ending up popping out when trying to score runs in the first inning, or uh, Weimer working a 3-0 and count, then swinging at a pitcher's pitch on 3-1. and it, It's just like, man, just those two at-bats were huge. Uh, a lot of ground balls lately from William Contreras. And, and yeah, he had the excuse me single, but that's not what he wants to do uh, back in that first inning either. He wants to drive the baseball. He seemed a little out of his approach today as well. And, and even Sal Freelich had a couple of tough ABs tonight. It, it, it's contagious. We talk about that cliche all the time. And you suddenly grip the bat a little bit tighter and you know you're turning the, the bat handle into sawdust and you, you blink and it's one, two, three strikes and see you later. And the Brewers, there's not a one-stop shop fix for this. This isn't like, oh, swing at strikes. Well, they are, and they're striking out. Or it's like, oh, don't swing at balls. And it's like, yeah, they are, but then they're getting called strikes. It's, there's not a quick fix for this. It's just keep giving the opportunities, and nights like last night are going to happen, and now you believe you can do it. And, again, it's all that fourth inning just sucked the air out of this building after they couldn't get it done. Yeah, that was that was tough because you're you've already given up six runs in the game at that point, and we know how tough it is for a lot of teams to try to, you know, mount a comeback, and and you you can't always get it all with one swing in the bat or in one inning either. Uh, but man, alive in that in that fourth inning to get to get even a run, imagine what that would have been like, and it, it changes the complexion of the game to a certain point too, when you start using your bullpen. Um, so a lot, a lot of things come out of this game of baseball. That's why it's, it's so beautiful to watch. Um, so sometimes it's really beautiful and sometimes it ain't so beautiful when you get frustrated like this. I think we both agree that's our difference-making moment of the game. Brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, Investment, Retirement, Tax, and Estate Planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches or financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Craig, as I look at the playoff picture, and this is what we'll let you go with, I mean, the good news is, the Reds lost today, the Cubs lost today, the Diamondbacks lost today, the Marlins lost today, uh, the Phillies won today, but they're already in the wild card picture. If there's a day to get lost in a frustrating way, today was the day, and, and you flush it, and it didn't hurt. You move on. Well, and you know what? As tight as this race is for the division, as tight as the race is for the wild card, this is what's going to make the next 50 games uh, fun to watch and, and fun to anticipate and how it's going to grow in your emotions a little bit. And, I mean, this is exactly how they lined up uh, the postseason. So you'd have all these teams be this close. And, man, you know, with just with the division race being as tight as, as it is here right now with three teams uh, that are involved, I think that's great. I, I would rather have the three teams involved than just the two. Let's play this thing out. You know, that's uh, fun, yeah. our schedule matches up perfectly with the Cubs schedule uh, to end the season. Who knows what's going to happen that final weekend? So this is fun stuff, man. Let's let's enjoy it. You took the words out of my mouth about the uh, the last week of the season. So uh, buckle up. There's a lot of baseball to go here, my friend. You got that right. All right, Craig Deshaun here on WTMJ. We'll chat with you again tomorrow, my friend. Sounds good, Dom.
All right. More to come here in just a moment. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Time for Who's Hot, brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider. And their sales extended. You can get up to $1,000 off a Daikin furnace or an AC unit. Financing is available. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. The Brewers' offense was a little quiet today, to say the least, only getting... Four runs, eight hits, leaving 11 runners on base in this one. Carlos Santana quietly putting together a a solid few days now since getting acclimated with the Brew crew. He hit his first home run with the uh, Brewers when they were down in Atlanta in the finale of that series on Sunday. Uh, He got a knock in the first game against Washington. Now he's got a knock in each of the last two games. He's been playing well. Mark Canna only had his third three-hit game today, so the newcomers playing well. And the Brewers are in a spot. They haven't needed their A bullpen the last two days. Now they used Hobie Milner in the ninth, but I'm sure he'd be just fine to bounce back tomorrow if need be. The Brewers can get hot, and they need to get hot. And I joked about it, you know, hey, if they can get my prediction right and they go on an eight-game winning streak here, it would be their longest of the year. Their longest winning streak this year is just six games, and it came way back in April. So the Brewers, I would just love to see them get really, really hot. Now, I loved the consistent playing and all of the series wins that they were having there in in late June and into July and even into the end of July. And it, the Braves obviously crushed that. But this team hasn't gotten, like, white hot hot in a while. And I think it would be a really, really pleasant thing to get going. And maybe Brandon Woodruff and Wade Miley's returns will help be a uh, – the catalysts for that here, and playing teams that you should be playing well against, the Pirates, the Rockies, uh, and the White Sox coming up here down the stretch. Uh, Take a quick breather. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council. That's coming up next here on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers fall 8-4 tonight. Back at it tomorrow as the Brewers will be facing a lefty, newly acquired Bailey Falter from the Pirates. He's been with the Phillies for a while. Up against Corbin Burns. And Corbin's been pitching great in the second half. We'll have more to talk about that tomorrow on Brewers Warm-Up. Coverage will begin at 5 as we've got the pregame network coverage taking over at 5.35. Uh, First pitch is scheduled for 6.10. Now, Craig Council was not ejected tonight, but his bench coach was, Pat Murphy, as he was arguing balls and strikes. It was kind of a funny photo. I hope somebody got it of Craig trying to restrain Pat Murphy, and he's got full arm bar out, and Pat Murphy's just walking right through him. Uh, pretty funny moment in that one. But his uh, old college coach did get tossed tonight. Craig Council did not, and his team took the loss tonight. So here's what Craig had to say after tonight's defeat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think... I think there's a lot of moments like that during the game that are sometimes less obvious. Um, you know, we we you know we gave up a homer after that. You know, we give up a single and it's, it's one run, um, and we don't think of any anything of it. So, and we you know we didn't pitch well enough around it. We walked a guy with two outs, and and then you know we gave up a homer. So, yeah, I mean it's a, it's, it's it's bad luck. No, there's there's no question about it. But um, 
the game is filled with that every single day, um, and you know you got to overcome it. Craig, you talk. Sorry, how much was Colin just fighting command on Powell night? Yeah, I, I mean, I just, yeah, it just wasn't as sharp as we've seen him. Um, you know, they they put good swings on him tonight for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, he he, he kind of gritted through four innings there and put up two zeros after the big first two innings, but um, you know, six runs is a pretty big hole. We have a conversation here coming up about what's next for Colin. Uh, you know, with Woody coming back and everything, or is that? Yeah, we're gonna have to get. We're gonna have to kind of look what look where we're at and look how the how the rotation plays out um, and see how that lays out. Yeah, for sure. Offensively, kind of a frustrating night. You had some opportunities, you know, especially that bases loaded, nobody out later in the game, and just couldn't, you know, push any across there. Yeah, I mean, we had runners on a bunch of innings for sure, um, and uh, you know, we we just didn't capitalize, unfortunately, and um, that's. You know why we only scored four? I, I think we left eleven on. We had bases loaded a couple times. Bases loaded, nobody out. Um, those are those are frustrating innings to to come away with a zeros on for sure. Um, you know, and he, he the guy I mean, he made some pretty good pitches um, in 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 that spot when we had bases loaded, nobody out. He made he fell behind, and you know we had a couple incidents incident instances where we got ahead in the count and chased him a little bit um, when we had count in our advantage and, and that ended up hurting us. I don't know what you can say about this, but um, when Murph was ejected, was the, was that a little residual from that Yelly at bat previously? Um, yeah, that. I mean, it was. Um, that was a huge at bat. That was a ball. Um, and that was a that was a big moment in the game. There's no question about it. It was a huge moment in the game. Um, so that there was this, this, it just felt like with the, the zone was moving around around tonight and um, I think there was a little frustration on both sides frankly yeah three, three hits for Mark tonight doing what you wanted him to do there yeah, he had a good night. Um, you know, it's it's uh, we saw tonight like Mark can like tough at bats, um, grinding through at bats, and it was a good night. How about Abner? Um, retired all six guys he faced, and, and look, you know, the, the control was there. It looked like, which is always the big thing with them, right? Yeah, I mean, his his fastball in the zone, you know, sometimes is enough, really, and, and when it's when it's special and it was good tonight, and you know, we had. A, couple early swings balls hit at guys and um that led to a really efficient two innings and hopefully it's um you know we can get them out there again quickly because of it quickly and get ready to go another one tomorrow and they don't have another off day until next thursday so get ready to rip and there's another one coming so uh, we're gonna relive this one i know it wasn't all positive but we got some highlights coming up next with you for another 10 minutes here on the show till 11 30 tonight right here on wtmj ready for this this Get and this Get time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. 
Well, in a game the Brewers trailed for the entire contest, they did have some highlights in this one. The Pirates came out swinging early. A three-run homer from Alfonso Rivas in the top of the first, but the Brewers found a chance to respond at the bottom of the first. Yelich led off with a double. Contreras followed with a bloop single. And then it was Carlos Santana in his first homestand as a member of the crew. Here it is. Bouncer back up the middle and in the right center of base Contreras going to wind up at third and the Brewers are on the board. And now the throw over the cutoff man and that's going to allow Santana to move to second. They got to second and third and they made it hurt. Sal Freelick two batters later. We're going to fly ball hit to left. Should be deep enough to score. Here's the throw coming on and Contreras is in. Santana holds at second base. It's a 3-2 game. Told you earlier, don't go anywhere. And uh, the Brewers felt like they were in it. But then once again, a home run would create some space for the Pirates. Henry Davis in the top of the second made it 6-2. The Brewers had their best opportunity of the night in the fourth. They loaded the bases with nobody out, but Weimer fouled out behind the plate. Yelich struck out looking on a controversial strike call. It looked like it was elevated, but Edwin Moscoso called it a strike, and then William Contreras grounded out into a fielder's choice. The Brewers still trailing 6-2, though, and there's that man, Carlos Santana, trying to get the crowd back into it. Priester in his fifth inning of work. Deals again. This one hit to right and deep. a fastball up and he upped it out of here no doubt about it line drive into the pirate bullpen in right a shot for Santana his ninth of the year he is just eight homers shy of reaching 300 but that would really be the closest the Brewers would get tonight back-to-back -back homers from Palacios and Reynolds made it an 8-3 lead for the Pirates. And just for good measure, Mark Canna also getting in on the fun in his first homestand, wearing the City Connects with the Brew Crew. Comes back on Canna. Ground ball sharply hit into left to base hit. Adama's sent to round third. He's going to come around and score. Throw goes to nobody in particular. And the Brewers are going to get runners to second and third. And that would be all of the scoring tonight. We say goodnight after this, the Brewers fall. 8-4 on WTMJ. All right, last minute here for the show. Again, Corbin Burns is on the mound tomorrow. Brandon Woodruff is on the mound on Sunday. Everything is right in the world right now. Tomorrow, we're on the air at 5. I've got you covered for Brewers warm-up. Network coverage will take over at 5.35. And then first pitch at 6.10. Then game four, the finale. Coming up, it'll be Corbin Burns on Sunday, or excuse me, Brandon Woodruff on Sunday, Corbin Burns tomorrow. Finishing things up Sunday, 110 first pitch coverage beginning at noon, once again with Brewers warm up against Johan Oviedo. That's going to do it for us tonight. Move on. It's a new day in about 30 minutes' time. Uh, my thanks to Craig Kishan for joining us and to our producer, Matt Sossler. I'm Dominic Catronio. Good night from American Family Field. Until next time, keep on swinging.